Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello and welcome to the Standout Podcast, the podcast all about growing in the productivity and organizing industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you know, love, and respect productivity and organization in some way. So that's going to be our starting point today, right? We're going to take that a step further and we're going to ask ourselves, when we're serving our clients, our family, our friends, and yes, ourselves, are we doing it mindfully? And why should we care if we are or not? What does mindfulness even really mean? And can the discussion about mindfulness be interesting and maybe even fun? Well, I bet you with today's guest, it totally can. Today's guest is Teresa Rose. Teresa is a nationally acclaimed business motivational speaker, creative content coach, hilarious stand-up comedian, and award-winning author of several books, including Your Daily Dose of Mojo, 365 Days of Mindful Living and Working, and Mindful Performance, How to Powerfully Impact Profitability, Productivity, and Purpose. She also hosts a fabulous podcast herself called Mindful Performances with Teresa Rose, where she shares practical strategies and powerful inspiration to help people show up and deliver better performances at work, at home, and all day long. Teresa, welcome to our show. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. Oh, I feel like the next 30 to 40 minutes is just going to be full of laughter and motivation, and our listeners are going to end this episode and say, God, I feel good and I'm ready to like rethink and re-motivate myself and my business. Am I right? Heck yeah. I'll tell you right now. I won most enthusiastic in second grade. (laughs) It's for a reason. Okay. So yes, hopefully every single listener is going to get a big old blast of mojo plus some really solid takeaways that they can use to up-level their performances as professional organizers. I love that so much. You know, we're going to do a little bit of learning, but I just feel like sometimes even the best of us can kind of get that, you know, we don't even think about what we're doing next or why we're doing it and, and what that means for us, for our family, for our business, for our clients. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that. But I want to start off with this conversation by sharing with our listeners that you've written several books. Yep. And you've written one that you give NAPOS, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. If you're a listener and you don't know, that is the association for professional organizers and professional productivity specialists. And you give us a shout out. You talk about how you grew up in a smaller apartment or in several yep. smaller apartments and that your mom was always cleaning and she was always tidying up. And you share what a lot of our listeners live by, that our spaces are a reflection of us and of course, I can't agree more. But before we dive into that and why you felt that was an important excerpt to include in your book, why don't we back up and share with our listeners a little bit more about who you are, how you got to where you are today? 
Sure. Well, I will try to make this as brief as possible because like most people, I have had several different iterations of my professional life. I started out in corporate America. So I have a background in marketing and product development, consulting, project management. I didn't even know that I was talented as a project manager. I just knew how to get things done. You know, I know who's going to do what by when. And that my nickname used to be many moons ago, the Velvet Hammer because I could get people to do things and, uh, and get them done at a certain time without them being alienated. So I have a, a corporate background, but then about 10 years ago, actually 20 years ago, things shifted for me and I moved into, from corporate America to holistic healing. I actually went to massage therapy school. I opened my own alternative healing center in Florida. And that is when I really, that was back in 2003 in the stone age. <laughs> and I was learning all about space because what was happening is I had a practice of working with clients in, in intuitive healing and energy healing. Specifically, I'm a Reiki master and I would work with them about what was going on in their lives. And invariably, what would happen is space would come up, the topic of space, among other things that they were challenged by. And so 15 years ago, I started learning with real earnest about mindfulness and the practices of being intentional with not not only your physical space, but your energetic space inside, your internal space, and your thoughts and how those manifest in your actions. So I had an alternative healing background, and then the universe gives you another snow globe moment where <laughs> things change, right, where you can't expect it. And back in 2006, my mom, who was my rock, my, you know, I grew up in a single mom, a small little apartment. She was just so important to me in my life. Uh, she got sick and she passed away in 2006. And during that time, I really did a lot of soul searching about what I want to do because grief can be a transformative experience. And it can really, in the midst of all the pain, give you a lot of insight and a lot of gifts and blessings in that because it wakes you up more than anything. Right. So I went back after my mom passed and went back to my healing center, which was very difficult cult because again, about space. She was my unpaid but very loved receptionist and interior designer and manager and friend. <laughs> and so when I went back, I didn't want to be there. And I had done a fair amount of writing during that journey of caring for her during her transition to the spirit world. So when I went back to my healing center, I said, I don't really want to do this anymore. So I wrote my first book and it was really all about being conscious in the midst of transitions and in the midst of difficult situations and seeing the gift in the gunk. I'm a naturally inspirational person. You know, as I said, I won most enthusiastic in second grade. I was head cheerleader, even though I was, you know, not necessarily in the body of a cheerleader, but I sure had the spirit of a cheerleader. And so I come by it naturally that I want to help people. It's just who I am. It's in my DNA. And so as I was writing and sharing my messages with my book, I had someone come up to me 10 years ago and say, how much would you charge to come talk to our company? And I said, charge? <laughs> what? I talk for free all the time. And so I actually stumbled into the professional speaking industry back then. And I, of course, have been a ham bone my whole life. I mean, I was the person that had the hairbrush and did the show for all my stuffed animals and interviewed them and had variety shows. You know, Carol Burnett was my hero. So I, I'm very familiar with and comfortable with being on stage. It's my natural habitat. So I actually morphed from 
going from a corporate background to and a consulting background to an alternative healing background to really embracing myself as a writer and then stumbled into being a professional motivational speaker. And through the last 10 years, that's really been my focus. Primarily, I do keynote speaking, I do breakout sessions, I do training, I do coaching for other folks that need clarity on their messaging. I'm an MC, I'm a stand-up comic, all that. But what is really relevant is I really wanted to take the content that I've learned, not only in my business background, but in my alternative healing background, my energy medicine background, and weave them into a system, a methodology that people can use to actually improve their lives. And briefly, just to kind of explain what my landscape is now, what I work with is I spent a year coming up with a model called the mindful performance model of what are the areas that people can take specific, concrete actions, mindful, intentional actions to improve their lives at home, at work, all day long. And, you know, I just did a data dump. Talk about post-it notes. Post-it notes are my favorite technology on the planet, okay? (laughs) Post-it notes and Sharpies, I would die without. So what I did to write my book is I literally took stacks and stacks of post-its and Sharpies, and I just thought, Teresa, what do you know that works? And I would write things down and just boom, 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 boom. And I would just data dump it out. And then I massaged all that and put it into a model and various areas. And there's nine areas of my mindfulness model that I work with. And I'm just going to give you a quick little tour, verbal tour around it. There's, in my view, mindfulness is in the center. So if you can imagine there's a circle and the center of it says mindfulness. And there's nine sections, nine segments all around that circle. And there's movement. How do we move our bodies in space and time? How do we work with the energy, physical energy of ourselves? Because the more that we can show up and have more energy physically, the more we can get accomplished. Number two is meditations. How do we learn how to quiet our minds, still the chatter, reduce the distractions so we can really execute that executive level functioning in our brains? Number three is manifestations. How do we be deliberate about what we want to accomplish in our lives? How can we get specific and define them? Because if we can't define what we want, we're not going to get there. It's going to be by happenstance that we get there as opposed to clarity and having a plan. Number four is all about the meet, uh, the, uh, the meetings that we have with each other, you know, the connections that we have, the actual, literally the meetings that we have, but also, you know, house conversations and communications, things like that. Mentors and masterminds. I talk about who are the people in your life that you are learning from, that you are leaning into, that you are growing your skill set. For example, Napo is a you know is a mastermind mentoring organization for you to to be able to lean into and learn from. And there's the people in that organization. And then I move to messages, the words that we use and how we use them. You know, are we choosing the most intentional, powerful, persuasive, loving, compassionate words that build those connections that we need in our lives? Lives, media, our relationships with those glowing rectangles, and how we are losing our productivity one little click at a time, and how we can have a better relationship with media. And meals and Z's, I talk about the food that we eat and the sleep that we need and how we can be more mindful about that because if our vehicles are falling apart, we are not going to get accomplished what we want to accomplish. And then one of the last sections is called messes. And that's about the physical and 
energetic messes that we have in our lives. And I don't need to tell anybody on this podcast who's <laughs> listening to this how important that is to someone's productivity, to their purpose, to their profitability about their messes and controlling them. And so when I was writing my last book, Mindful Performance, I had this messes section and I wanted to just tee it up and tell people, hey, this is a big deal. Look around your life. What is your relationship to space? What is your relationship to the objects in that space? You know, are you feeling good and is the flow strong and powerful and supportive of you? Or are you struggling with too much clutter and the mess and everything? So I give them specific tools that they can use to be more mindful about their spaces. But I wanted to give a shout out right away in that chapter to NAPO because part of what needs to happen when someone becomes mindful with their space is they start to actually look at it. And oftentimes, as everybody in this podcast will know, when they start looking at their space instead of ignoring it, which is what most people do, right? They go, la, 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 and they just look at something else. When they actually decide life is getting too painful, I must look at my space, the physical, mental, and emotional challenge of that experience can sometimes be so big that they need help. And I wanted to make sure, because I wanted to write a how-to book, or I did write a how-to book, that I gave them immediately a resource that they can use when they are ready, when they can go, Calgon, take me away, I can't do this by myself. So that's how I actually started aligning with and connecting to and really being a big supporter of NAPO was when I wanted to create that how-to book on mindfulness. It's kind of that one place all us productivity and organizing nerds have come together to hang out, but you, now you know where to find us. <laughs> so we yes, can help you yes. close that gap. Okay. So I'm actually looking at your mindfulness map here and, yep. and we could talk for hours about this and we, we can't on the podcast. So I want to ask you a question that might be going on in our listeners' minds right now where it's like, I would love to be more mindful in my movement and my meditations and with the people I'm surrounding myself with. How does one, especially if a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, not everybody, but when you're running a business or even if you're just working with your own set of clients, how do you master this map when, you know, life is crazy? Yeah. Well, first of all, surrender, Dorothy. You're not going to master it. Okay. I mean, that's the first step is we all have days where we don't do what we should do, right? I mean, I just had Funyuns for, for a snack. So, you know, I'm not quite as mindful as I could be. But what I really suggest for people when they navigate my model is to really look at what's the loudest thing in their lives, okay? What's the thing that you know, if you handled better it would make the biggest difference, mm. okay? So if it's the fact that you don't have a healthy relationship with food or that you're not sleeping well or that your mind is just overwhelmed and you really just need to start a meditation practice, you know you need to, you just don't know how. What I suggest is go and focus, do a laser focus on that section. Read the, and there's nine strategies within each nine sections. So there's 81 strategies that you can pick from. Choose the one that feels the best. I'm all about energy and how it feels. And when something resonates deeply with you and you know that's the one that you should be working on, that it feels the most supportive of you, that's the one I'd encourage you to start building a habit with. Get that habit established and then start looking at maybe some of the other areas that you can start looking at. But certainly don't. I mean, unless you want to be dragged off into the loony bin, <laughs> don't try to do all 81 of these things all at the same time. I mean, it's Herculean. 
So I'd rather have you just taste it, see what feels good. What's the right one? What's calling to you? What can you start to integrate on a daily basis so you can start to make big shifts with little changes here and there, right? Over and over and over again. We know that's really the key to success is big results. Ultimately, they come from those small changes that we make over time. I love that you gave everyone permission to just, you said surrender, which is especially the professionals in this industry or those who want to be in this industry. We feel like we always have to have our stuff together because Mm -hmm. that's what our brands are is organization and productivity and getting things done. And we don't ever mess up and all those incorrect (laughs) thoughts that go into when people, and, and sometimes that's tough on us. But also you can even tell when you walk into a client space, they're already nervous because obviously we're there to help them get their stuff together. And they're like, well, they're going to judge me because I'm not where they're at, where of course we all know that we love helping people and that's why we do what we do. But how can our listeners handle that feeling of pressure that we feel we have? It might be a perception thing, but sometimes perception then becomes reality Right. to hang on to that and be proud of this is one of our strong suits, but also give ourselves grace that like you said, we're going to have to surrender because we can't always be on. Right. Well, it is important to model as best as you possibly can a mindful approach to living because they're going to be looking at you for guidance and for you to be the, you know, this is how I wish I can walk in the world. So it's not just about, yay, I'm using the right label maker for the right colored folders and we found the right nook for the and we've got the right basket for that. It's more about your presence, right? Mm -hmm. Because what people, if they're anything like all of the clients that I've worked with over the last 20 years, what they really want is not necessarily a clean space. They want a calm mind. They want to feel better, right? That's why they're making the choices that they're making. They want to feel at peace. And so that's the objective. And clearing your space and organizing your space is the journey to the destination of peace, right? And contentment. And so the more that we can actually embody that mindset of peace and contentment, even in the face of, yes, my junk drawer is out of control. And yes, my closet has too many clothes in it right now. And yes, my bathroom, you know, cabinet is a nightmare. Even if I look at those things, I'm still working in so many different ways to get to peace. And they will feel that. Okay, so what I think is a really important thing for professionals to do, especially in a service-oriented capacity like NAPO, is make sure you're not just talking it and you're not walking it, right? You want to walk that. You want to walk peace. You want to walk forgiveness. You want to walk compassion. You want to walk that intentionality, that tenderness and that vulnerability, yet still within all of that being strong, being powerful. So those are the keys to look at is, are you embodying the mindset of what your clients really truly are hiring you for? They're not hiring you for a cleaner closet. They're hiring you for a sense of peace. Right. I love that. It's not about, and you know, that's another thing too, we talk about a lot in our industry is transferring skills, right? We can all go in there and transform their space. Easy peasy. I'm not going to lie. It's very fun sometimes when they're like, this is a space, just need to look great and build systems. And and then I can teach them how the system should flow, but it's a very different experience when I'm working with the client and transferring my skill of productivity and organizing to them and working with them. And I think mm-hmm. that's that whole 
now are focusing together on this skill set that I have, I want to share with you. And they're getting this sense of, okay, I get it. I'm getting control over this now. I can, I'll know how to do it when you're not here. So I'm hearing that too from you, that it's, it's also that connection that we have, not just the destination of the clean junk drawer, but the actual journey getting there is probably more important. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And the other tool that I think really is an opportunity for your listeners to have a differentiating factor and really add a tremendous amount of value above and beyond reorganizing space is to help them with the mindset of when it starts to get out of control, what are you going to do? Because we all know right. that moment in time, right? When, when things start to go wonky, they start to go crazy, that we have two choices. We have a choice of either running away, turning our backs, closing the door, going la, 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 we're just going to ignore it. You know, fiddly D, I'll think about it tomorrow. That's a reference for some of the old ducks that are listening. That's from Gone with the Wind. But you, it's not just that, but it's also about will you do that or will you be in the moment of discomfort when it starts to go awry and work through that moment of discomfort? So, one of the strategies I was thinking about being on this podcast, and what is one of the strategies that I could give that from my book that would really be helpful for you as practitioners and working with your clients? Okay. Okay, because it is a, it's an anxiety-inducing experience, right? It is. I mean, it's just plain and simple. So it, this is a tool that will really be helpful. And I give this for anybody who it's like my mindfulness 101. It, one thing I could tell somebody it's this who is brand new to it, and I call it focus on the BMI, and that's like not the BMI that tells you how fat you are. Which <laughs> who came up with that? I, I don't, don't know. know. That's horrible. <laughs> I hate that thing. But I'm talking about BMI breath message image. Okay. Focus on the BMI, breath, message, image. So let's just role play for a second. Let's just pretend. So I'm the provider. I'm going to come to your space. We're going to talk through what your needs are and, and whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. And we start going through some things and emotions start amping up, right? Things like, I don't want to let go of this. Sure. I'm overwhelmed by this. And then shame comes in, right? I should have gotten rid of this before. I can't, I'm so embarrassed. Whatever it is, right? That stuff stirs up. When you're stirring the stew of a mess, all the ick comes up. And when the ick comes up, when you're stirring that stew, what I would recommend is to say, okay, listen, let, the only way you can do this is to be able to really be paying attention yourself to what the client is going through, right? You notice it. You start to notice the physical and the nonverbal things, even, you know, the verbal things, but the nonverbal things that you're doing that you're starting to see that they're tweaking out, right? right? So I would say, Sarah, let's, you know what, let's just take a little mindful moment, okay? Let's focus on the BMI right now. Number one, let's just stop everything. Let's put everything out of our heads. Let's put everything off of our hands and just, let's just be here with each other. Just going to sit here, okay? Just going to sit here. Do nothing. We're not doing anything. We're not going to do anything. What we're going to do is we're just going to focus on our breath just for a few moments. Just, just breathe. Okay. Now you're giving her permission to what's helpful about saying, let's focus on the BMI instead of just breathe, Sarah. It's not that big of a deal <laughs> is, is you're walking her through a process. Okay. And the BMI. So we're at the B and we're talking about, let's just breathe deeply a few times together to just release some of that tension that we just experienced, which is natural and normal. What I also recommend is you absolutely prepave that she or he or they might have an emotional reaction. They might have an energetic reaction. It would be surprising if they didn't. Give them full permission to freak out, 
okay? Because they will, so you might as well give them permission to do it so they will freak out faster and you'll get over it quicker. So, you know, we focus on the breath. What that's going to do is that's going to calm her heart rate down. That's going to calm their nervous system. Blood is going to flow through their bodies, oxygenate the blood, and they're going to be able to think more clearly, okay? So B, focus on B. Then message. Message is what is that word or phrase that will be your touchstone, your anchor? And figure that out before you start the project. So that message might be like if Sarah, maybe if you hired me, your message might be clarity and confidence. Those are the two things you want to get from this. Mm -hmm. You know, clear in what your offering is, or you want to be clear in your power, and you want to be confident every single day in what you're wearing, whatever it is, right? Clarity and confidence. And so that's the message. And so once we're breathing together, then I remind you, here's what you said you want. Let's feel that. Let's say those words. Let's imagine that energy. Infuse your mental body, your emotional body, your physical body with the vibration of these words, clarity and confidence. Instead of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is so terrible. I'm so full of shame. I'm, I hate myself, blah, blah, blah. You know, shift their, their words, right? With just a word or a phrase that they've already identified as a power phrase. And then the third part of focus on the BMI is the image. Have them stop, breathe, say those words and play the movie of when it's done. Play it in their mind. And Matt Claver, close her eyes. Look at the closet. See it being clear. Seeing it be organized. Seeing every single thing you put on your body is fitting. Just paint that visual picture. And when you do that, you combine that wonderful aspect of breath, message, and image, you will be amazed at what will happen. You will take a screaming Mimi who is ready to pack it all up and send you home to, okay, I've got this. I've got this. Now I can move forward and get through this bubble and move on. And then the gift that you're giving her or them or him is you've taught them that tool. So now when you're gone... And they're starting to experience that. You can remind them when you're feeling this, remember, breathe. What's the message? Why do you want this? Over and over again and see the image of you bringing it back to harmony and what will be those steps that you need to do to get back to that. So that's a really powerful mindfulness tool that not only your members can use to amp themselves up for a job, but also to help their clients navigate that difficult time. Oh, absolutely. I can see myself doing that. You know what I mean? It's something I can actually put into practice that I just have to remember that it's about that journey. And right now they're feeling overwhelmed and we just need to pause and just remember that, hey, we're both here right now. We both have the same goals in mind. I'm here for you. And I love that you're having them visualize it being done because that's the thing is they sometimes can't see over whatever mountain, whether that's, you know, real or mental getting there. And so I love that just even if they're not freaking out, just always remember like, hey, let's look at this. You did great work today. And I want you to know that next week we're going to do even more great work. And let's just sit here and visualize, like you said, the closet being where it wants to be or or that schedule getting to be where you want and what that means for you and your family. And that's so good, Teresa. And I want to say, thank you very much, Sarah. I appreciate it. I want to say this is not Cosmic Muffin, seventh layer of the unicorn woo-woo stuff, okay? This is science. And so knowing that it's science, knowing that when you breathe deeply, intentionally, that does 
physiological that kicks off that parasympathetic nervous system that moves you back into a state where you are functioning, your brain is functioning better, okay? So you're going to make better decisions. You're going to have a stronger physical body doing that, breathing and bringing that oxygen in. And the messaging, this is programming, right? We're programming our brains to do this. And the imagery... You have Olympic level athletes, you have professional athletes, you have professional entertainers. Part of what they do is they play the performance, the game in their heads first. Mm -hmm. They do over and over and over again. They are laying that neural path work for success. And so if an Olympic level athlete will do that and play their match in their head over and over and over again, and by the way, when they're hooked up to machines to read what their body is doing, it's like they're actually doing it when they're playing it in their heads. So this works and you can do the same technology with your clients. And by the way, not just with your clients, I want to take it even deeper and closer to your listeners. Do it for yourself. I'd love for you, every single person who's listening to this, when they have a challenging day ahead of them, whatever it might be, whether it's working with clients or doing administrative work or doing marketing or doing networking and outreach, whatever it is that is in front of them or nothing to do with their business, okay? Things that are a a sick kid or challenge in a relationship or whatever, it doesn't matter. This is for us too, right? So this is for us to breathe and what's the message we want to have that we're integrating into our bodies and what's the image we want to convey? Are we telling ourselves we can't do this we're not going to get charged. We're not going to get paid enough. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to make it work. I'm going to fail. Is that the BMI that you're integrating into your system? Or are you going to do one that's a little stronger and a little more supportive of what your dreams are? So good, Teresa. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. But when we're back, we're going to continue conversation. I'm going to take a little turn onto another direction with Teresa while I have her. So when we are back, another section with Teresa, and I'll talk to you soon. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer NAPO University courses in various formats to accommodate different learning styles and further your education when and how you wish. For the entire course catalog, visit napo.net slash education. And to join NAPO, visit napo.net slash join. Okay, we're back. We have Teresa Rose here. The first part of today's interview, we talked about mindfulness. We're all great at organizing productivity. And if you're not yet and you're studying to be, that's amazing. What Teresa is reminding us today is to kind of stop and remember it's not just about the destination. It's also that journey. And she gave us some great advice on how to do that with our clients and of course with ourselves. So if you missed that or if you need it again, of course, you can listen back to the episode play it again. But Chris, I hope you don't mind. I kind of want to go off the path here and, and I want to unpack your intro. You were talking to us about how you found this other career and it was great. And organizing and productivity for a lot of our listeners is also a second career, a third career. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how you just started, someone asked you to start speaking. Like, hey, would you come talk to my business about this? And I know that's happened to me. And I just got back from the Naples conference not too long ago. And I know I had some conversations with other 
organizers and productivity specialists who don't come from a performance background or a media training of any sort. And so I was hoping we could just chat a little bit about how you took that question and how you handled your panic. And then you, I'm sure you went right to figuring out how you can get it done, how to charge for it, how to perfect the, the content that you're sharing. And then once you mastered it, how you got the word out there that you have something to share of value with people. Right. Okay. So excellent. So I totally geek out on that stuff too. So I'm glad that we're going to talk about it. So first of all, the number one thing that I share with my clients who are not speakers, who have other, they're entrepreneurs and they have other services and products, but they also know that they will increase their bottom line revenue if they do more presentations in some way, right? Whether it's at a Rotary or it's at a women's group or a luncheon or, you know, anything like that, because there's lots of opportunities that are popping around if we say that we are available to do those things, right? right. It's like, oh, we have, yeah, we do a lunch and learn in our office. Oh yeah, we have a group that does a blah, blah, blah. So the first step is to really accept it and embrace it and own it. Own the fact that you are an expert in this area and your expertise is shared in a variety of ways. It's not just shared working one-on-one with a client, but it's also shared working one-to-many. And that is a speech or a presentation or a program, okay? So if you own the fact that you are an expert at this thing, you have various ways that you share it. Okay, so that's number one is accepting, I want to do one-to-many, okay? Telling yourself that's, that's the first step. Then the next step really is about okay, now that I want to do this, what do I do? And when you get there, you first of all, before you even start figuring out the mechanics of what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, how you're going to market it, all that stuff, the really important thing for you to let in and sit with and dream about and journal about and integrate into your mind is I am perfect the way I am. I don't have to be Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar and Oprah Winfrey (laughs) and any of those other people, Rachel Hollis, Teresa Rose. I am me and I am perfect exactly as I am. Okay. That's key because if you try to be someone else, they will see that you're being somebody else poorly and they will not trust you and they will not buy from you. Mm. So it's really important that when you decide you want to do a one-to-many expertise exchange, you know, you want to share your expertise in a one-to-many fashion that you totally embrace. I may not be the funniest person. I may not be the smartest person. I may not be the prettiest person. I may not be the, the one that has the greatest bells and whistles and can do all the blah, 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 because nobody is right? Nobody's all those things. So you say, I'm enough. What I am is enough. And that is critical because that gives you that layer of confidence to say, okay, so now I know that I'm enough and I'm not going to try to be somebody else. Now, how do I do this? So then what I would do, I always believe in create a program and imagine that somebody is going to have you speak it next week. Okay. So Sarah, if you wanted to do this, if I was working with you, I would say, okay, why don't we make sure that we get you a program that you feel confident delivering, let's say a 20 minute program. Okay. 15 minute, 20 minute program. And if I could bring you into my company next Friday, would you be able to do it? And you would figure out a way, right? Right. You would figure out a way because I gave you the opportunity and you'd say yes. So let's pretend that there's a client, whether they pay you or not, doesn't matter, which by the way, the better you get at this, the more likely it is that you'll actually get paid 
directly for your speaking services, not just as you'll get paid because you're going to get your funnel filled with clients, right? Right. But you'll get paid simply to be a speaker, which by the way, there's value. You can do that. There are productivity speakers out there that that's all they do. And they're not working with clients on one-on-one. So you craft, you know, a 20 minute presentation about what is the most important thing. And here's what I did to start. Because, you know, you're like, where do I, what, huh, what? And all I did is I'm a big fan of the cocktail napkin, which is basically an adult version of the post-it note. (laughs) I look at it and I, I literally, my very first speech, I was on an AirTran flight from Minneapolis to Florida and I had one of those cocktail napkins and I had a pen and I went, what do you know that they need? What do you know that they need? to know and how. And I just started writing stuff down and and putting them in bullet points. I didn't try to write a speech. Nobody should write a speech until they're becoming a professional speaker. They should write an outline. Here's the things I want to say, you know, whatever they are. And, you know, one or two or three points maximum, maximum, one or two or three points, you know, and then when you have that, then you can start wrapping around some interesting stories from previous clients. What's the problem when you don't do it, that sort of thing. So you start to firm it up just on paper, right? That's the start of it. So once you have your framework of what are the things that you really want to share and you have a story or two for each point and you think of, if you think of something funny or something engaging, great. If you don't, that's okay too. Be yourself, ask questions of the audience, you know, be, be likable, right? Be likable, be engaging because they're going to be looking at you and going, huh, if they like you, they'll trust you. And if they trust you, they'll hire you. So that's step one with the program, okay? And there's, of course, nuances of how the more clever your title, you know, the more likely it is that you'll be booked and the better your takeaways, all that stuff. Those are mechanics of it. But then let's talk about how do you actually get those opportunities. What I would say is I would invite each person who is really interested in leveraging this alternative form, either A, alternative form of income or B, uh, you know, sales funnel tool whether you're going to get paid for it or not, I would recommend that you come up with some thing where it's written down, the title, the description, the three takeaways that that person will get. That's the bare minimum, a title, a description, three sentences, and three bullet points of what they're going to get. Okay. You can put that on your Facebook page. You as a note, you can put it on your blog. You can put it on a website. If you have it, you can have a one sheet that you create through and you, you know, we can all do this ourselves. We don't have to hire a lot of people. I do. I am a DIYer big time. Okay. I go to canva.com and I create my own marketing materials. So create a, some piece of paper or some link, something that makes it real because you know, nobody's going to suddenly just go, oh, I, I have a feeling that you'd like to come talk to my group, right? <laughs> so the only way they're going to say yes is if you have something to offer. So you need to create that in real life form, in paper. And then what I would do is I would have that available all the time. And every single place you go with every new person, you just get excited and you say, I love sharing this. I love what I do. And here's what I share. I do the ins and outs of cleaning up your messes something like that, right? And here's how what I teach them, the one, two, and three things that you already figured out that you would talk about. And 
just keep doing it, you know, saying it over and over. And if you say, if you don't know anybody in your organization that might like that, do you know anybody else that struggles with too much stuff, you know, struggles with being overwhelmed with their space? Do you know anybody that has a door that they close in their, in their house that they never open because it's too messy? Asking those questions, and that is what will help you get in the door as a speaker. I feel like too, Teresa, everything you just said could be translated into a lot of our listeners are wanting to get into this industry of being an organizer or productivity specialist. And I think it's the same thing. If you're not there yet where you want to be in this position, whether it's on stage speaking or if it's in someone's home getting paid for a service, a lot of what you just said can be applied to the same concept. So listeners, if you're out there and you say, I'm not even there yet, I would just want to get into this industry. I think you can take the same concepts and principles and you know, what is your business name going to mean? That's the title of your presentation. And then of course, bullet point, what are the things you're going to help people do? What do you know that they need to know? And I mean, right, Teresa, don't you think that's kind of like- Oh my gosh, completely. I'll tell you, this is part of what I do with my content crystallization coaching is if you can't write it, and I would go even so far as to say, if you can't draw it, you can't sell it. it because yes, I can sign up or I could say I'm, I want to learn to be a professional organizing specialist and I want to do these things. But if you can't write it down and make it clear, no one will receive that message. Right. You'll just be talking into the vacuum. And so whether you ever speak in front of anybody ever, one to many, you should at least have this figured out for one to one right? Mm -hmm. You should be, have done, you should, I don't want to say should, because I don't want to should all over everybody, but uh, <laughs> you know, you will make more money faster when you take the time to write down what are the three things that people get out of this and what is a description of what I believe in and why it's important and the pain of not doing it. Those things can be the basis that one little cocktail napkin or post-it note notes that you do, that can be the basis of your entire business. And you can take that not only on stage or you know in a conference room, but you could also consider doing it for your blog posts or for your Facebook posts or for your podcasts that you might want to do or for whatever. Like that's your framework. You start from that, write it down, be able to define it, draw a picture of it. And when you can do that, you can sell it. Teresa, so good. If you were to leave our listeners with two sticky notes that they can put up on their mirror in their bathroom, in their office, maybe their car dashboard, and I want these two sticky notes to be high impact and they can apply it to their life today, what would you leave our listeners with? I would say the first one is going to be focus on the BMI. I really believe in that strategy. I think it's an easy one to remember, and I think it's a powerful one. So if you can integrate focus on the BMI into your daily living, I promise you, you will start to experience a dramatic improvement in your performance, your well-being, your sense of self, your confidence, and it will start to show. The universe will start to respond in your favor when you do that. The number two one I would say is I want you to organize your vision. That's that thing that I was just talking about, about structuring what you would say in a, in a presentation. I know all of your listeners, they already have that innate talent to organize physical things, right? They do. They, I mean, I'm the same way. I just see it as a puzzle. Like, okay, everything's got a place. I mean, there's one of my strategies in my book is called Purposeful Places. Everything has a place, right? right? Find it. But I want to encourage them, invite them, and even challenge them. Are you as organized with your business vision? as you are in your space. Does your business strategy have 
a place? Do you know the title? Do you know the descriptions? Do you know the takeaways? Have you organized your vision for your business yet? That's what I would say. Focus on the BMI and organize your vision. So good. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today, Teresa? You know, the last thing I just want to say, Sarah, is everybody needs this, okay? We all are going through a lot of stress, a lot of strain. We have way too much to do and not enough time to do it. We're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves as entrepreneurs. We have other responsibilities. We have family. We have, you know, other jobs. Things are tough, right? I get it. I see you. I hear you. I am you. (laughs) I have the same challenges. And what I just really encourage you to do is adopt a mindset of, every single day be in support of a more mindful approach, whether that is listening to my podcast, Mindful Performances, or listening to other podcasts or watching other shows or videos that are supportive of you. What are you taking in? Who are the people that are on your Facebook feed? Are they supporting you or are they knocking you down? Mm -hmm. The way for us to get successful and just fundamentally be that level of peace that our clients want, attain that fundamental level of peace and contentment in our lives is we need support. We can't do it alone. We must have a constant environment of support that will encourage us to get there and make those tough choices because living mindfully does require more effort. It does. It's more taxing to do it, to be intentional. And so we do need that support. But when we do, those small choices will make such a big difference in our lives. And they can check me out, TeresaRose.com. That will give them the tools that they need to start to get connected to my content. So... Good. Thank you so much for your time today, Teresa. Listeners, what are you going to do? Are you going to organize your, the vision for your business tomorrow, today, if you've got time? When are you going to make that a priority so that you can become the person you know you want to be? And of course, if you're already there, if you feel great about that, then let's our focus to our clients. You know, How can we help them focus on their breath and focus on their vision? So I just, I know that I'm ready to hit the ground running a little bit differently tomorrow. So Teresa, I thank you so much. I'm Sarah Karakayan, and that wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thanks for being here with me. And as always, you're learning along with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with anything of inspiration, something valuable, please leave us a review. Let us know what made a difference in your day-to-day and hit that subscribe button. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that review, please feel free to share this and every episode with your colleagues your team, and whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.